my job at the food pantry was to pass out one dozen eggs to every person that came to my station. Other people passed out other things, chicken, cheese, vegetables. A woman came to my station. She looked like somebody's grandmother. She was old, frail, short. I gave her a dozen eggs and she put them in a basket. And then she said, may I have another dozen? I said, I'm sorry, I can't give that to you because the rules say that we can only give one dozen to each person. She looked away and just as quickly she looked back at me. And this time she had tears in her eyes and she had this very tortured look on her face. I didn't really know how to respond at that moment. I just waved her on so that she could go to the other stations and pick up more food. Other people came to my station to get eggs. But I continue to think about this woman because, see, I didn't know what she had at home. I didn't know how long those eggs that needed to last. I didn't know who she needed to feed. I just know that the rules say that you can only give one dozen to each person. Well, every once in a while, it's important to remember that people come to food pantries because they are hungry. And it is important once in a while just to say, fuck the rules. Hey there, and welcome to Grit True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories, the contemporary personal narrative kind of story and the people that craft and tell them. Now, some weeks a storyteller will tell one of their stories and then break it down with me, Sean. Other weeks we will feature stories from our myriad events, which is what we are doing today. Now, all of this is not only to entertain, but to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable and more memorable stories, true stories. Personal stories, grit stories. As always, check the show notes for upcoming workshops and events, including this Sunday's Mental Health Happyish Hour open mic. Today, we are featuring seven 99 second stories. They are all from the 99 second story slam, slam number one of season five, which was this past Sunday. We have got six stories from round one. These are the round one winners that all advanced to round two. Steph Rogers, Richard Munchkin, Tori Shine, Emily Pitts, Rana Levy, and our champion, Harold Cox. Now, you have already heard Harold's round one story that advanced him to the second round. You will hear all the other round one winners, and then finally Harold's winning story. I hope you enjoy these stories. I hope you can take something from these stories and apply them to your own, whether they are 99 second stories or longer ones. Keep crafting keep telling. We are here for you. So please join us for the 99 Second Story Slam or any of our events. We want to get more and more people involved. Okay, let's dive in. It's December of 2017, and I am amazed to see who is calling. Jay. Oh my fucking God, Jay. I haven't heard from Jay in well over two decades. He was this explosion of fun. We were really close friends who became lovers, two artsy high schoolers who loved the talking heads and sex on the beach. And it is utterly amazing to me that he is calling because his wife despises me. She's never met me, but she knows a little too much. 
and I pick up before the second ring and Jay says, my brother is dead. And I say, oh my God, I am so sorry. And I know we shouldn't be talking. We're not allowed to be talking, but he's devastated and he is alone and he's driving from New York to Las Vegas to go be with his poor mother. And we remember, we reminisce. We talk about that time in New York, that time in Joshua Tree, the parties at his parents' house. And he confesses that his marriage is having problems. And I say, yeah, me too. And he says, I miss you. And I say, me too. And then I remember how I used to feel special. So we start texting more and more and he calls again. And then when he's on his way back from Las Vegas to New York, he stops through Chicago and he shows up at my house with a bunch of friends of ours from high school. And it's awesome. But we both know the truth that we're going to work things out with our respective spouses. We're committed to our marriages. Marriage has its ups and downs. But before he leaves, he whispers in my ear, I've always loved you. And I say, me too. on the edge of a soccer field and my son is eight years old and the kids are playing and some of them are watching birds and picking their nose there's a I notice a father down the field and he is yelling at the referee and he's arguing about some rule that I don't even understand and I'm thinking like calm down they're eight years old my god but the next year, my son decides he likes basketball better. So now I'm in a gymnasium and the kids are running around and they can't play at all, but they're having a great time trying to shoot the ball. And again, there's a dad and he's yelling at the ref and the ref turns around and says, if you don't stop, I'm going to have you ejected from the game. And I'm laughing and I'm thinking, imagine getting ejected from a basketball game full of nine-year-olds. But now... He keeps going and they do, they eject this guy and he cannot come to any more basketball games. And now my son gets recruited for a club team and now it's more serious and these kids can play. And my son is tall for his age, so he's the center. And every time he gets the ball, they grab him by the arm and I'm yelling at the ref like they're fouling him. You got to They're not calling any fouls. And I said, they're fouling him. And the ref looks at me and rolls his eyes. And my son comes out of the game and looks at me and goes, dad. And I realized, oh, shit, I've become exactly the father I despise. So it's freshman year of high school. I'm supposed to do a sport. I try out for volleyball, but I don't make the squad. So I sign up for the wrestling team. Massachusetts has co-ed high school wrestling. And my high school's wrestling team is definitely co-ed because there's 26 guys and there's me. And not only do I make the team, I qualify for varsity right away. And it's not because I'm good. I am by far the worst person on the entire team. 
And there's people bigger than me and there's people smaller than me. But just by chance, I'm the only person on the team in my particular weight class right in the middle at 145 pounds, 1996. And so my coach either has to send me out or forfeit that match. Varsity. We're at our first varsity meet. And they call my weight class. And the other school sends out their team captain. I have been wrestling for two weeks. This guy was the state champ in his weight class last season. I'm chubby. And for every pound I have of boob, he's got pounds of bicep. He is stacked. His name is Kovulchik. It's like a total David and Goliath kind of moment, except instead of a slingshot, I've got all of my hair tucked into this bright blue Speedo swim cap. I step into the ring. Nine seconds later, I am on my back. Okay, fifth graders, next week is state testing. We're going to have five tests, two math, one reading, one writing, and one science. So we're going to do one per week. But the good news is the school is giving us snacks, red vines and pretzels. My class was not excited to hear about this because state testing can crush anyone's soul. But these students were typically below grade level. So the tests were even harder. Alan decided to do something about it. Ms. Pitts, if we do this, would you buy us a legit cake? The other children quickly bandwagoned. Please buy us a cake. Please, please, please. We will try our hardest. We will do our best. I'll think about it. A month goes by and testing ends. And I remember the cake. And so I call the bakery and plan to pick it up on Friday during my lunch hour. And when I get it, I put it on the table in front of my class and cover it with an orange sheet, piece of cloth. I get the kids from recess and I bring them in. And as soon as they see a surprise at the front of the room, they gather around the table excitedly. And I pull the cloth off and they gasp, not because it's a sheet cake, but because there are big blue letters that read L-E-G-I-T. Alan turns to me and he says, Miss Pitts, you did it. He's a bit shocked. You got us a legit cake. I did. because. Testing can crush your soul. And my hope is that when these fifth graders look back on their experience, they don't remember the tests, but they remember the cake and that they were too legit to quit.
As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to our storytellers, Harold Cox, Steph Rogers, Richard Munchkin, Tori Shine, Emily Pitts, and Ronna Levy. Thank you all for telling your stories at the 99 Second Story Slam and letting me use them here on The Grit Podcast. As always, check the show notes for upcoming workshops and events, including this Sunday's Mental Health Happyish Hour open mic. And do us a solid, if you would. I know I say this a lot. Rate, review, subscribe. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it really helps people find it. Thanks so much for that. That is all for episode number 48. Boom.